Whether it was the multiple outbreaks of yellow fever in the 1800s or the loss of nearly 100 physicians to the aid of the attack of Pearl Harbor in the 1900s, Corpus Christi has had its fair share of conflicts in the medical world. Around 1961, it was no question that more medical facilities were needed. This realization created hospitals such as Parkview, General Hospital, and many others, just in time for Hurricane Carla. The field was once spread out too thin, but is now nearing a beautiful network of jobs that rely heavily on one another. Each is as important as the next. Before you get evaluated by a doctor, you're getting triaged by a nurse and vitals done by a patient care technician. If it is more serious, you probably get to work with radiology, lab, and other departments. Because housekeeping deep cleans the rooms after each use, you probably don't have to think about the previous patient. Although there are a world of other possibilities and interesting stories that could have happened before you got there. My name is Mercedes Gonzalez, and I'm one of the many security guards for the HCA's facilities. Because of this, I'm able to see the hospital as a world all its own, rather than a rigid place of business. I want to take you into that world, starting off with a brief description of a few jobs and scenarios here at Doctors Regional on South Alameda Street in Corpus Christi, Texas. I always think back of like um, the time when my grandma was in the hospital. She used to spend a lot of time in the hospital because she had a heart condition. I like um, the idea of helping other people that might be in that situation, that same situation. I could be helping somebody else's grandma or um, helping a patient who may be having the same problems that my grandma was having. This is Harry Falcon. His job as an environmental service technician, otherwise known as housekeeping, has him working all across the hospital, having the very rare opportunity to have access to multiple areas and see their workload. I go around the hospital checking all the restrooms, checking all the break rooms, making sure it looks nice for the nurses and the patients that are here overnight. So the hospital it closes at 9 and opens at 5, and I'm here from 11 to 7 in the morning. We have certain types of beds, specialty beds. So if somebody needs a specialty bed, they call me and I go get it to them. And uh, if there's an, another checkout or somebody leaves the hospital, of course, I go do that and make sure it gets ready for the next patient. There's like sometimes when... Um I'm walking down the halls and I see people crying. Like it reminds me of like when I lost my grandma and uh, that I'm like crying in the waiting room and with my family. And it's just sad to see that somebody else going through that, but. Many of our radiology personnel work in our catheterization laboratory, which focuses on heart scans. He was only a few classes away from finishing his computer science degree, but has since focused on radiology, now knowing it was an option that only required an associate's degree. His experience has made me want to raise awareness of these professions, not only because they're vital and I want people to treat the personnel kindly, but also because not many people are aware of how attainable these jobs are and how abundant they are. The best way to do that is to talk about code teams. Before rooms get to housekeeping, unless it was a normal checkout, the hospital most likely had to deal with an event like a code blue, code STEMI, or rapid response. There are many other codes, but these are the major ones. These codes usually mean that someone's life is at risk. For now, we can just focus on the code blue. A code blue means someone's 
heart has already stopped. One way or another, the patient is unresponsive. A loud siren plays and everyone has to talk over the noise until the code is cleared. Imagine trying to hear life-saving instructions from a doctor while this is going on. Nurses are not the only ones who can respond to these codes. Pharmacy, respiratory, security, radiology, and laboratory personnel can all be present, and usually have to be. Security has to bring over a replacement crash cart because the one on the patient's floor should have been opened and used at the start of the code. A crash cart is usually a container that holds medications like epinephrine and sodium bicarbonate that will hopefully get the patient through the code successfully. The team takes turns giving CPR and injecting the appropriate medications. Security and radiology usually wait outside the room until it's time to call the time of death or clear the area. Usually, radiology will go in after and assess the bones possibly damaged due to the CPR and other methods done. A code STEMI is usually pretty similar in terms of personnel. The code is usually when the patient exhibits heart attack symptoms. However, it sometimes ends with the patient going to the catheterization lab. Further cardiac tests and procedures will be done there if needed. Everyone else is usually dismissed from there. I see the room and all the machines they used, all this, like all the packages, all, all, they throw them on the floor because there's, they're, in, they're in a rush to trying to save someone's life. So they just throw all the packages on the floor and I pick them up and I look at them and it's just a bunch of medicines. I don't even know what, they, what they're for. It's like the, I can't even read the words on the labels, but I see all the vials and stuff they use and I'm just, it makes me curious and like, want to help i'm pretty sure they broke his ribs trying to save him but but they had to try to get his heart beating again so they had to do what they had to do the hospital has non-medical codes too like a code bird or a code green but there's also been times in the er where a psych patient comes in from the that the officers drop off and sometimes they're a little unruly and we have to work around them and it, it gets a little uncomfortable when you turn your back to them and you don't want them to get too close sometimes because the, you, you don't know what they're going to do and just that uncanny feeling while working isn't necessarily something you get from other jobs. A code BERT usually includes a visitor or patient getting rowdy. A code GREEN is when they get physical. Because they're probably less known, I think it would be beneficial to state what sitters and patient care technicians do in these situations. Sitters and patient care technicians are usually the first to witness these codes take place. Among other things, they watch behavioral health patients. A behavioral health patient is a type of patient that is usually at the hospital because they did or said something that made the police department think they were a danger to themselves or others. These patients usually have to be under a 48 to 72 hour hold. Code BERTs are very common over the weekend because the timer on these holds do not actually start until the weekday. And the police department likes for the sitters and the patient care technicians to be the messengers of that. Sitters and patient care technicians are the ones that have to find a safe way to notify security. These positions can be fun, scary, and even gross. As the overnight guard for the hospital, I can say these positions are very trying, but they are also very rewarding. 
they are with certain patients their whole shift the patients can change from day to day constantly they are making connections and hearing fascinating stories i get to hear a lot of these stories as i make my rounds around the hospital which leads me to the next position i would like to highlight my position hardly anyone thinks let me be a security guard they especially don't think that when they're my height 51 however I can say wholeheartedly that this is the most fun and interesting job I've had and I've had a lot. Ever since I was young, I strived to be a doctor. I wanted to thank my mom for all the hard work she's done getting us out of a rough place. Of course, she was only able to do so much, but we are well enough now for other family members to be able to look towards us when they need help. Because of my job, I even have my own house, mortgage and all. On the average day, I clock in around 8 p.m. and leave at 8 a.m. Yes, it is a 12-hour shift, but when you pair that with some online classes or study material, the day will go by fast. I'm not saying there is not work to be done, but on most days, there is a lot of free time. While working, I walk around the hospital every hour for 20 to 30 minutes. In between or after my walks, I could get a call to search a behavioral health patient. or unlock a door for someone. I also have cameras around the hospital to ensure I have full visibility of the hospital when I'm not walking around. Yes, I do have hard days. Around 9 p.m. I have to lock the front doors. I do occasionally get visitors who are very mad about having to walk in from the ER which is in the back of the hospital. It sounds easy, but hearing loud banging from the dark tinted door Get louder and louder is a little unnerving. I have no idea why the tint of the window allows me to be the one that's visible and them not. But thankfully, it is locked for a reason. I have no obligation to open a door that has signs pointing to the correct entrance. It is another story when they come in from the ER and all the way to the front just to yell at me, but their main concern is their family usually. So, it's not anything I couldn't deal with for a few moments. Some may consider this a little harder, but I do have to walk the funeral home personnel to the room when someone is passed and then walk them both out. On top of that, as previously stated, I do respond to all codes. So, I can see someone pass away, but I can also see the effort that was done to prevent it. I do see the family members upset and grieving. I've had people punch walls, starting to fight other family members, and even come in blacked out drunk. It seems hard to be the person to deal with the grieving family members' anger and sadness, but it's not every day. It also seems scary, but my coworkers always have my back even though I have yet to need intervention. I've had several codes go on at once while people were calling me to unlock doors. It's not a perfect job nor are any of the ones I've mentioned, but I love it and they love it. I love having inside jokes with the other nighttime security guards at our sister hospitals. I love being able to trade stories and have real-time resources without feeling like I'm bothering anyone. I get paid weekly, so I always seem financially okay. It is also the most I've ever been paid with a raise coming next month. Even with my height and gender, little to no days have made me feel like it's not worth it. For my location, I'm even considered a supervisor, hence the camera access. 
My job is a weird one, with a stigma behind it making people think you have to be strong and mean. However, that's quite the opposite. If you can't be there for anyone, if you're not reliable, it's going to be a hard job. It is not going to be a, the job for you if all you can do is look like you can beat someone up. The people who usually start issues at a hospital of all places usually do not care about size anyway. A lot of my job is gaining people's stress, so they come to me with issues in a workable manner. Security is one of the few people with authority that can make a difference. That difference should be a good one. There are so many more jobs that I, unlike Harry, have not been able to witness enough to try and give a description. Hopefully this intrigues the right people enough to look into hospital work. Even if it's not directly medical, we make a difference. Sitters, patient care technicians, security, and housekeeping all have a chance to have direct contact with the patient and their visitors, even more than the doctors would. Whether it is describing policy, trying to reassure someone, our tones matter, our positions matter, our activeness matters. If housekeeping did their job only halfway, a lot more people would struggle to recover because of the remaining germs. If sitters and patient care technicians did not care about who they were watching, the patients could get injured or injure someone. And of course, you want to be able to trust security with your sick family members or friends' items. Not so much for stealing, but you want security to care for them like it's their own property. HCA is not the only hospital company out there, and it's not the only one I want people to look into. It's just the one I have experience with. The beauty and the growth of Corpus Christi's medical world is that there are several clinics and hospitals to choose from now. And inside each facility is a network of occupations. This was a brief explanation of ours, and we hope you can see a bit into our nice little world on your next visit.